This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another episode of That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotly UK, and this time on video for the first time. The reason we're on video is because we are talking about video, specifically the art of creating video on your smartphone. Uh, my guest on this topic is Daryl Sigler, the uh, founder of Smartphone Video Marketing, which does what they say on the tin. Uh, we talk about the common objections businesses have to creating video in this way and touch on where you might have seen smartphone created footage and not even realized it. Let's dive in. So, well, first off, Daryl, thank, thank you so much for being on the podcast to share some, some smartphone video marketing stuff with us. Thank you, Richard. Glad to be here. Glad to chat about it. Fabulous. Um, now, we, video obviously is not is not a new thing, but I think creating video on your smartphone is probably it feels like a big step for a lot of people. And it still has probably has connotations of you know you need a studio, you need these big lighting rigs and high definition cameras and all and all the all these things that you know sort of film studio set up. When did we get to a point when a smartphone was actually good enough to take the kind of video quality that businesses need or think they need? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I first came across the concept of recording, if you like, broadcast quality video on a smartphone, <clears throat> excuse me, back in 2016. Mobile journalists were actually doing it. Uh, they were recording content on their smartphone. And it was going out on news stories. You know, it was going out on primetime news productions. And for me, that was very much my light bulb moment in terms of, well, hey, if mobile journalists, as we'll call them, are filming, recording, presenting news stories on their smartphone on what are international brands. I mean, these were journalists that were reporting for the BBC, RTE in London. Um, I just thought, well, you know, if it's good enough for them, hey, why can't it be good enough for the business operator that wants to market their company? And coming back to your first point, the reason it works so well is because people have this, as you said, this perception that, you know, if we're going to do video, it's got to be a 4K camera. We've got to have production studios. Um, and, you know, the fact that these mobile journalists are doing what they're doing in terms of the way they package it up in primetime stories just proves that, you know, it doesn't necessarily needs to be the case. And your smartphone is a great way to start on that journey with video. Right. OK. So I mean, once we've got the, the equipment part out, though, what are the other kind of big objections you come up with when people when you say to people, OK, yeah, your, your equipment's fine. You've got you've got your iPhone, your Samsung, wherever it is in your pocket. That's all the equipment you need. What are the other kind of big objections that people come up, come come back at you with when they're probing how they can do video marketing? Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, I mean, the smartphone is one element of the equipment by all means. I mean, the other things I do recommend is all about uh, probably getting a, uh, a tripod because that gives you stable shots in the first instance, improves the quality of the type of video that you record, uh, upgrade your audio in terms of either use lapel mics or shotgun mics that you can plug into your smartphone as well. And also when you shoot, make sure you have good lighting as well. So it's the combination of stable shots, good audio and good lighting, which really elevate 
your video in the first instance and you just plug that all into your, into your phone and it really does make it happen first and foremost. Now, the other things that generally come up in terms of people's objections around video is time, the time associated with making video, learning the process. And, you know, I argue that that's an argument that relates to everything. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a cop out, really. Come on. Um, we're all learning new things. We all have to put that time into understanding the process. But the benefit of it is, you know, I take the view that if you're a business owner and, you, and for instance, you're explaining what your business does um, and you have this conversation day in, day out, I mean, why not capture that conversation on video? It's very much you. It's very much your personality. Capture that once on video and then you can just start to get that out. And that, in essence, will save you time in the future. So that's, you know, that's why I'm a big video, a big advocate of systemizing things on video because it saves you time um, there's the learning element yeah I mean understandable but like I said earlier you know we all have to learn something and we very much work on the idea of imperfect action just do it work your way through it yes you're gonna make some mistakes yes you're gonna learn from that and by pushing forward and onwards you actually learn the process of video that's a great thing and I guess the other one is probably content. You know, people are always trying to understand what sort of content to create in relation to their business. And I mean, there's so many aspects to that. Um, I mean, sometimes simplest place to start is with um, existing processes and systems, you know, as opposed to if you have a thank you page, if someone comes in, um, downloads something, does a process, you know, a contact form. Hey, why not take that interaction and create a video and make it a personal experience? Um, you could very much welcome them. Thank you for doing whatever action it was that they've done, but also set a level of expectation. What's next? Do that through the form of a video. Um, you are introducing yourself, you're introducing the business, you're introducing what's next. It's a very personal way of doing it. And because ultimately, you know, business is all about personal connections. You do you do business with people you connect with. So that's one aspect. Um, depending on the type of business you run, I mean, you can start to do FAQ videos. You can start to do product service focused videos, objection videos around, you know, what you hear a lot of. It's, it's, it's you know, there's quite a lot of opportunities there in terms of content creation. It's just... I guess giving people the insight and in what is possible, and then all all too often I, I start to see their mind go off on this creative process, and they and they 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 move from there. So it's just showing them the sort of the initial path, and then they go from there. Yeah, I suppose the sort of the imperfect action element applies equally to to what content you create. You could spend ages on analytics, where I say you know what what content do we want people to see, what do they download, or you could quick video and say, well, okay, people didn't like that resource as a video, so we won't do that anymore. You can just... Um... Yeah, I agree. I mean, Richard, that's the thing with smartphone video. It's, I see as a real benefit because, you know, if you were to go down the traditional route of video production companies, it's very much a project-based setup, if you like. You know, they'll come in, they maybe film one day, two day on a project basis. 
Um, you know, and it's all based on hunch and gut feeling and, you know, maybe some data and so on and so forth. But necessarily, you don't know how that video is going to perform. And the one thing about having your smartphone is, yes, you can do videos really, really quickly. You can shoot them as sort of, you know, in a relatively quick setup once you understand the process. And, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a trial process. And you'd be surprised, really, what things get traction, you know, when you least expect it. In terms of the video content, yeah, but this might be a, a leading question. But I was watching, I can't remember who it was. It was a, it was like a welcome video, and it was really focused around like the kind of people that would use their software, but had no, um, no shots of the products in action. And I immediately thought, that's, I want to see the product to a degree. I don't know that might, that might just be because. As marketing spot, like I'm, I always look at it from a software background. If you're trying to sell me a software, I want to see the software as a first yeah. step. Is there a, is there a hard and fast rule for balancing talking heads versus screenshots or product shots? Yeah, I think it's a really hard one. And like you say, it's it's all about context, the context of where the video is used. Um, you know, and in, in as you said, in this in this context, if it's something to do with software. Um, it may pay to actually have, you know, some shots of the software itself. But equally, I mean, what did you say? It was a thank you or a welcome video or something like that. Yeah, this is our website. I was on the front, front top of their website. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a fine line. And I mean, exactly that. That's something you would test. Um, you could start to look at the analytical data around that, just see, you know, the watch time around that. And if it's coming up short, well then, hey, you maybe shoot another video, throw that up and then see if you can improve on that and go forward. Yeah, so I suppose the other thing with, with that, once you've got, you need to have people in video. I think we've mentioned this sort of personal connection and getting people in front of their, and on the, on the assumption that pretty much everyone now has a smartphone in their pocket, should, is it sensible to say to everyone in your business, start filming these videos? Or do you think you should have one or maybe two sort of faces of the business that drive that content, that are producing the majority of the content for consistency's sake? Yeah, you've definitely got to have a plan. You know, everyone just going out and shooting everything with your smartphone is just going to be a chaotic mess. And uh, in terms of, you know, your brand values, your brand positioning, what you want to put out, you, you want to take control over that. And what I would say as well is, yes, you definitely want to have some advocates of the process that really push the process internally within your business. Uh, but as it goes on, you can start to sort of educate the broader team on the concept of it and they can capture moments as and when they happen. But ultimately, all that video footage that is captured comes down to one place, if you like, where you collate, you collect all that footage and from that you're able to put together a coherent and consistent message that actually goes out on behalf of your brand. But I guess the point is, as you said, you know, you could have 10, 20, 30 employees depending on what type of business you do. I mean, for instance, let's just say you're a manufacturing business. So, you know, 10, 20, 30 employees, potentially that's 10, 20, 30 cameras capturing moments wherever they may be, within the warehouse, out on site, location. And they're moments that you can then 
bring back to the marketing team, package up and get them out through your marketing channels. And that's the real power of it. Yeah, so it, it, very much in the editor, I think I suppose the first thing you think when people say oh, I can do smartphone video is, yeah, I'm walking around, I'm going to film it and live stream it onto YouTube, I'm going to live stream it onto Facebook and everywhere else, but that's not going to, I mean, it, that obviously does have its place. I mean, before I would have, before 2020, the argument I would have given would have been sort of backstage at conferences and things. That might be quite interesting to have those live streams, but that's not the be all you do have to have the editing process and some polish in between you've got them in. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah you're right. I mean, smartphone video, if you like, is such a broad term because there's, as you've said, there's so many aspects to it. There's purely just the social media aspect, which is um, almost like doing the Instagram, the reels, the TikToks, those elements by all means. But what we try and do is we try and put together more of a marketing style of video you know so we it's very crafted in the way it is you've got lots of supporting shots which tell a visual story it's not just sort of rough and ready in a social media instagram way it's um it's very much structured in its approach almost like a mobile journalism article in the way that you position it the way that you know you tell the story you want a deliverable and action to take away from the end of it um, so it's quite uh, quite strategic in that sense. But equally, you know, you've got the other way as well, where you can actually just go into what is a live video stream through your smartphone. So there are nuances and intricacies around the type of video that you shoot with smartphone and where initially we try and position ourselves what is the sort of traditional video production angle, if you like, but encompassing that through the medium of your smartphone. I mean, the first nuance that, that jumps at me is the kind of that sort of vertical versus, <laughs> I suppose you call it, call it wide scale. Obviously, if you're shooting for social, then vertical is perfectly acceptable, but you've got to kind of have that blend. Whereas, is, is the smart thing to do have someone filming it vertically and someone filming it horizontally and capture yeah. it in your, then your studio setup? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's. Yeah, that's a discussion, vertical versus horizontal. And what I would say to that is first, you know, where, where are you going to put your video into? Because the medium, the platform that you are shooting into very much dictates that profile you shoot in the first instance. So if you're going to go more into sort of a TikTok, Instagram style of video, vertical maybe, you know, is definitely more appropriate. Uh, if you're going to go into a sort of a LinkedIn, Facebook setup, uh, I would I would lean towards horizontal. Equally, uh, by default, we recommend horizontal because it actually gives you a lot more editing options to be able to take what is a, a horizontal footage and then package that up into a vertical profile in sort of post-editing work as well so it just gives you more options i think to go from a vertical instance sorry horizontal instance that's what i meant okay. we can edit that bit out it's fine there we go <laughs> the benefits of editing shown live on the podcast brilliant <laughs> so the other thing is so when it comes to hosting videos we internally we've played around with a few different things we've, like, we've been on vimeo for a bit we've reorganized youtube we've hosted things 
on our internal site. How far does that need to sort of play into um, sort of the calculation of what you what you film and how much you film? Do you need to have a kind of video library somewhere, or is it easier to have store them somewhere like on YouTube and then repackage them wherever you put them? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, what we are seeing if you like, um, in terms of the search results, like on the Google search results, generally when you see a video thumbnail, the majority of those videos that you may see within the search landscape are generally hosted on YouTube. So from a search perspective, YouTube is definitely a stronger platform to go with, seems to be more favoured. Uh, years, years gone by, there were other platforms that um, self-hosted videos that would show up but now it just seems to be more favored towards YouTube um, but yeah it's it's an interesting one um, I mean there are other as you said there are other platforms out there that self-host Vimeo is one I find another really good one is Wistia um, that's got quite a good uh, a lot of value-added features that come in as well so for instance you can host a video with them um, you can then host that video on a particular web page but you know during and after the end of that video you can have a call to action that pops up you know and that that is a stronger element that could be incorporated within a web page environment yeah I've noticed that on um, <laughs> particularly on the YouTube videos that my son watches there's people that I think they've it's changed how YouTube's changed how it shows the next up or watch this next videos. Mm. That in quite a lot of the edits from videos from a couple of years ago, they kind of post kind of points to the screen there, and there's a circle that they've superimposed. But actually, the the pop up or the overlay or whatever you want to call it from YouTube isn't there anymore. I suppose that slight security back leads on to kind of video being evergreen. It's kind of it feels like it's a very now in the modern type of format but does video have a shelf life as such or does it last much longer or as long as any kind of written resource does i think it's the nature of the content that you put out are you talking about video as a concept or the content within the video um, probably yeah probably the content within the video i think as a concept we've got so used to watching things yeah i mean especially now i was on customer call the other week and the guy didn't put his webcam on as part of the Zoom call and I found that really weird after a year of seeing everyone like we're talking now. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't try and make the argument that video is going to go out but it's a content. content yeah, I, yeah, I agree and I think the medium of video is only going to improve and get stronger and I say that because as technology gets better um, it's going to make uh, the transfer of data easier, more seamless. I mean, video is a very heavy data-based medium. You know, it produces massive, massive files. And as we go into what will be 5G, you know, that ability to upload, download, stream video with that huge bandwidth will be easier. So I think that as a concept will make video more broadly appealing in terms of its um just from the technology point of view but 
you know, coming back to your point about content, yeah, you're right. Um, it's like anything within a content strategy. There's some articles that are very timely and they serve a purpose. And then, you know, there's other articles that you want to do from an evergreen perspective because it's it's a theme that just is everlasting, as you say. Um, and that's something you very much want to try and understand, you know, when you are creating a video. Is this something that's going to be here and now? Um, and is only going to sort of serve a purpose for something that's, you know, newsworthy or current, and then as opposed to something it's going to sit on a web page and maybe serve, um, serve that page for an ongoing period of time, and you know that that provides real value. And because it's ongoing, you may want to invest more time in actually focusing on that because the rewards are greater. Sure. Yeah. So it takes you can write something out quite quickly. You can. It's easy to correct mistakes, but it takes longer to correct a mistake on a video because you might want to refilm an entire section. But if it, yeah, like you say, if it lasts six years, whereas the content doesn't last as long, then, then it has yeah, to work. And, and you never know. I mean, the video that you just did here and then, you know, the thing it might get really good traction with it. And this is the beauty of doing imperfect action sometimes because you put something up. And all of a sudden you've got traction with it and you're like, oh my gosh, we can't change that now. It's getting, it's, you know, it's taken off. We're getting really good views and so on and so forth. And you're like, okay, it is what it is. Let's just leave it and go with it. And it's working for us. So that's, that's what I like about imperfect action. You get pleasant surprises every now and then. Yes, but well, you, you know what the perfect script was, but the guy watching it doesn't. So Exactly. I mean, and I've, case in point, we've got a business in Australia and, uh, my first smartphone video I shot was all about highlighting a product which was around big square fuel tanks. You know, it's an industrial market we serve. And I very much showed what we did and how we did it. And hey, it wasn't perfect, but I thought, let's just get it out there. And I mean, that video now is pushing 3 million views. It's delivered over 100,000 clicks to our website. And yeah, no way am I changing that video. <laughs> no, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's you know, and I, as I said, imperfect action is sometimes great just because it's action. Yeah, I think that sounds like a great point to wrap up on. That a, a live case study of simple video gets traction, it lasts long, and it was well worth a minute or whatever it was with the smartphone. So exactly. We were, um, and that was shot on an iPhone 6s two years ago. Oh, yeah, wait, what's that mean? I'm only still on, that, I'm on SE anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to describe the success. Yeah. Uh, too much. Okay, I mean, that's been a really good good canter through getting proper smartphone, getting your smartphone video projects up and running. Where's the best place for people to reach out to you if they want to follow up on this this discussion? Or yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've got the website, so it's smartphonevideo.marketing, and we've actually got an ebook there which it's all about breaking down the seven, well, it gives you seven aha moments that will hopefully enlighten you on why smartphone video marketing can work for you. So I think, you know, if you want to know more about it, go down, go to smartphonevideo.marketing, read the ebook and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Great. Okay. I think we'll, we'll call that a wrap. Now, thank you once again. Thank you so much for being on, being on the podcast. I look forward to going out, getting my phone out and making some videos. Excellent, Richard. I look forward to seeing them. Thanks for your time.
thank you for joining us for another episode of that marketing podcast you clearly have wonderful taste we hope you found the content useful and and enjoyed it we'd love you to subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us maybe leave us a review if you can think of a topic that you you'd like us to cover or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic that you can reach us at marketing team at spotler.co.uk thanks once again and happy marketing